This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, episode number 365. And welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I am your host, Riley Bowman, and I am joined by producer, master chief extraordinaire, <laughs> Matthew Marister. What's going on, man? And Mr. Recovery, too, as you are uh, recovering from uh, a surgery. Yeah, I had another surgery. I had a, a torn labrum in my shoulder and some bone, you know, little protrusions that they had to shave off. But uh, I had that last Monday, so I'm eight days in, so I'm good. I'm I'm off the pain meds, and I'm, my brain is a little bit clearer than it was a while back. So <laughs> glad to be back with all you guys. And here we are making him work. Uh, you know, in pain and suffering. <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> Instead of it, resting up. <laughs> no, I, I, I rested. You guys covered for me big time, so. Yeah. I don't know if we covered. <laughs> Barely covered. Uh, so, no, but we're glad to have you, bro. And, and, of course, you still have, you know, some uh, some recovery to get through. But uh, but you're on, you're on the road, and we're glad. So thanks, brother, for being here today. Thank you. Today's episode, it being the first Tuesday of the month, this means we are covering Justified Save stories today. And boy, we've got a bunch of doozies today, and especially this story. We're going to talk about this uh, pregnant mother in Florida. She's like eight months along, and uh, boy, she had a really scary incident. We'll get into it, but she she used an AR-15 successfully to defend her husband and her child. And also the child she was carrying in her womb as well. So pretty amazing story out of Florida. We'll get to that plus a bunch of other great ones. Stay tuned. But today's episode is brought to you by CCW Safe. CCW Safe, uh, Matthew, I, I'm going to let you know, I, I swapped up this, the sponsors because I thought, you know what, CCW Safe probably ought to sponsor every one of these Justified Save episodes. It makes sense. <laughs> right? Because folks are out there, you know, defending themselves with the uh, use of deadly force. We want them to do it successfully. We want them to have the knowledge of how to do so, both from a tactical and a shooting, you know, skill side of things, also from a legal perspective, and... But the aftermath is really critical. There's a lot of things that can happen after the fact that I think a lot of people are not very well prepared for. Uh, now, that's what one of the things we try to do on the podcast is help folks prepare for the aftermath of a shooting. Uh, you know, if they in fact have to be, go through something like that. But a wonderful partner to have on your team is CCW Safe. So I would encourage you to look up CCW Safe. You can go straight to their website, ccwsafe.com. And also, if you want a straight up, no BS, non-biased comparison of all the various self-defense coverage plans that are available out there, including CCW Safe and their competitors, I would encourage you to check it out. I think what you see there on that spreadsheet will be will in on that over. It's actually there's a whole bunch of information on that web page, uh, but there's a table you can compare them all side by side. I think is really helpful. I think you'll you'll probably make some of the same conclusions I did and why I became a member of CCW Safe. But go check it out. No pressure. Concealedcarry.com forward slash insurance is where you can see all that comparison information. But we appreciate CCW Safe for their support of the Concealed Carry Podcast. Thank you very much. And I talked about the importance of having the knowledge 
legally, right? So that you know how to defend yourself and and avoid that legal aftermath drama that can occur. And uh, as our good friend Andrew Branca is well known for saying, I mean, it's his tagline, hard to kill, hard to convict. And I am sporting a new Law of Self-Defense mug. <laughs> ah. That on the back says right there, hard to kill, hard to convict. Lawofselfdefense.com. Law of Self-Defense, a... Probably wasn't he probably wasn't expecting this, but he's he's another sponsor of today's episode because I appreciate the gift, Andrew. Thank you very much. Uh, digging the Law of Self Defense mug, and uh, it's made in the USA, hmm. so that's cool because most of the time you find you know swag like this these days it's it's coming from China. Yeah. This this is good quality stuff. So uh, supporting you know American uh, manufacturing and jobs here pick up one of these mugs i think they're available for sale on lawselfdefense.com so there you go gotta have another sip there (laughs) of some today's episode is the justified saves episode and i am super excited to get into this so oh speaking of which mark yeah so this is a this is a great point to make uh so mark commented that he heard from that Andrew said that he got a shipment of mugs and realized they were from China, and he was like, "Uh-uh, not gonna work." So, uh, yeah, it's a big deal to him that these are these are made right here in the USA, which probably means they're a little bit more expensive than they otherwise would be. But I think it's worth it. Okay, so let's get into this first story, Matthew. This one was out of Florida, and I saw it plastered all over the interwebs last week. Uh, it's a big deal. I mean, it's a pretty pretty wild story. Uh, this out of, I was trying to think of the actual town here, Lithia, Florida. And you have, you know, in the early morning hours, like 3-something a.m., uh, a, a father, okay, he's 34 years old. He's in his home. Suspects come into the home. They break into the home. Oh, excuse me. I said three in the morning. It's 9 p.m. I must have been confusing another story. We got a bunch of stories today to cover. So about 9 p.m., these two armed men storm into the home. They pistol whipped her husband, this woman's husband. So they pistol whipped the the, the homeowner, the, the male homeowner. Uh, and then they grabbed the 11-year-old daughter. Wow. This is this is pretty, pretty intense. Yeah. So they come into the home. They pistol whip the dad grab the 11-year-old child, and the pregnant mother, wife to this man, she hears the commotion, comes out of the back bedroom to see what's going on, and one of these men fires shots at her. Apparently, she was, I presume she was narrowly missed. That's pretty crazy. She's eight months pregnant. She goes back into the bedroom, grabs an AR-15, and then comes out and fires apparently just one round, but that's all it took. You had two men with two pistols, two handguns, and one pregnant lady with an AR-15. And one shot was all it took. She did strike one of the suspects, and deputies found that suspect dead in a ditch a little while later. But that's what that's that's all it took. And boy, they got out of there quick. So crazy story out of Florida, you know. We're told how nobody needs these so-called weapons of war, mm-hmm. but 
Yet here we have an example where this so-called weapon of war was used in a personal defense context. And I'll tell you, because we cover these stories so often like we do, Matthew, you know, I know, many of our listeners know, this happens more frequently than people realize. Yeah, I, I, and, and not just, I mean, it, the thing the thing about it that struck me is that, you know, we see these stories because we cover them all the time. And, um, but to, to most people, it's like, oh my God, she's an AR, you know? And to us, it's kind of like, well, yeah, she's an AR. Like, well, why wouldn't she? Um, she's pregnant and, you know, she's able to still shoulder this firearm, fire off one round, be accurate with the round indoors uh, against two attackers, not strike her husband or anybody else or child that was being pistol whipped or, or, or you know, was grabbed by the by the two guys. Um, it, and it couldn't go any better. And it, and it just shows like the, the, the whole reason why these guns, these weapons of war that they say that they're, they're not they're the, the benefits of them far outweigh what what these people are saying and, and so to be able to easily fire this firearm not have a lot of recoil be able to manage the recoil and be able to you know be able to uh, uh, you know have a, a magazine of 30 rounds in it say um, just so far superior than in my mind a shotgun in this situation I now I don't know that you know the, the the whole layout of where everybody was in the distances but I can tell you that you know shooting a shotgun, inside a home with somebody who's being pistol whipped and not hitting the person that's being pistol whipped and just the bad guy that's the pistol whipper um is probably going to be difficult right like depending on the spread and the choke and all that stuff so but but an ar is just it's it's just such a perfect firearm and it just shows why in this situation so um I just and the reason why I picked this, if you're following in the in, in the links uh, to these stories, I picked a, a, an article from dot UK uh, overseas because, yeah. you know, it's it is big enough. This is a big enough story that it's it's not just a little local thing. This is, na- you know, worldwide or multi-nationally na- na- shared. So, yeah, um, big story, man. And, and the dude, you can see he got he got worked up. He got beat up pretty good. Yeah, it took a bunch of stitches to uh, put him back together. He yep. had a fractured uh, eye socket and sinus cavity. I mean, he, like they beat him pretty, pretty violently. Yeah. So you know, I, I got a chuckle when I think about the the Brits over there with their with their cup of tea <laughs> and the you know drinking their 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 cup of tea, reading about. This AR-15 being used to defend a family. <laughs> I just got to chuckle. That image, like, what's going through people's minds? Like, obviously, they should read this kind of thing and be like, well, that's remarkable that a weapon of war, an assault weapon, could actually be used in a positive context. If they only knew just how often this sort of thing occurs. We've covered so many stories. I mean, obviously, just like... AR-15s or similar guns, you know, rifles essentially being used uh, in the commission of crimes is a, you know, it's the exception by far rather than the rule. Right. We're talking a fraction of com- of crimes committed involve the use of rifles, uh, but and and it's probably a fraction of self defense uses that it involves a rifle like this, but it's still something that happens uh, more frequently than probably people realize because we 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 cover probably. I don't know. I don't know. Once every couple of 
Well, we don't do these episodes as as frequently as we once did, right? Where we're doing justified saves once a month now instead of like every month we'd you know ha- or excuse me every week on our news uh, episodes like we used to. But uh, it happens fairly frequently, so it's pretty cool to see. And uh, bravo to this mom. I think somebody commented in on Facebook about her being a pregnant warrior. Really cool. Yep. So I, that's definitely the, a true statement right there. Uh, so there's a story. It's an update. This actually happened last year in May. Uh, so this is out of the uh, Columbus, Ohio area, I think. Mm-hmm. And so there was this. Uh, uh, so there's a gentleman by the name of Josh Farrell, and he. It was initially this was a considered a self defense situation, but he was later arrested and charged with murder, and he was convicted of murder. Matthew, you're probably you've been following this, I imagine. Uh, can you kind of kind of give us a summary of what happened in this situation in this case? Yeah, a little bit. Um, so th- there's a history between these two guys. So initially, it was th- these guys get into a fight um, out in the street in fr- in their own neighborhood. They both live in the same neighborhood, and they get into a fight. And the the one that ends up dying um, is on top of the the concealed carrier who ends up shooting this guy. And he pulls his, he tells the guy, Hey, get off me. I'm, I'm armed. The, he starts to pull out his gun. The, the concealed carrier, this feral guy, um, says that, you know, that, um, the other guy, uh, I think is what, what was his first, his last name Dip, or his last name is Dip, Dipen, Dip. Dipenti Dipenti. or something. Yeah. yeah, Depenti. Mario. Um, Mario. So we'll call him Mario. It's easier. Um, <laughs> he, he, he says that Mario tries to grab the firearm um, and he ends up uh, shooting Mario and killing him in the street. Says yeah. he, you know, claims self-defense. They were in a fight. And so after some uh, uh, review and some investigation, they find that these guys had a, a, a history for weeks up to this where um, they threatened each other. They got in, they got into verbal confrontations out in front of their house. I think it all stemmed from maybe somebody drove quickly down the street and one guy yells at the other guy and then, you know, kind of escalates from there um, over a series of, uh, of weeks, which culminates in this. Yeah. So, um, and, and I thought it was interesting and you, you mentioned, you know, this did happen last year, but the reason why I put it in here and I thought it was a super good lesson is, you know, sometimes we think about um, our actions the day of, right? Like, okay, well, were my actions justified at that point? But investigators go back further and they're going to look if you had a history with this person or if you did anything in the past that might have escalated this or, you know, didn't de-escalate it. And if you don't disclose those things up front, it, it starts to look bad for you. Like, you know, maybe you weren't this innocent victim and maybe you were kind of uh, instigating or playing a role in keeping this, this instant, in, you know, this uh, aggression going. So mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty interesting to say, um, you know, be careful. Um, it, it's not just what what happened at that second that you pulled the trigger that they're they're going to look at. They're going to look at, you know, what led up to this. Was there something that you kind of got going initially? So, well, let's be clear about this particular case. You know, it talks about the day of the shooting. It, you know, there was initially Mario drives by Farrell's house. And uh, Farrell runs out to confront him, and they argue out there. And then several hours later, Mario comes walking down the street, and Farrell runs out again and confronts him. 
And so I think that that's probably a very telling factor of this whole thing is the fact that this this Farrell, this Joshua Farrell, this this all of these incidents occurred that, that's being referenced, all of these incidents occurred at his home or in front of his home. And every time he goes out and meets this other individual, so he, it's almost like he's instigating this. He has mm-hmm. no obligation to, to leave the confines of his home and go out there and, and argue with this man. And so I don't know, you know, I, I still kind of, I look at this ruling a little bit and it, it, it is a little bit surprising that they actually got him for murder. Right. Uh, but at the same time, like, I think the bigger lesson here is to, is for us to really consider our actions and, we talk so often on the show about the importance of avoiding conflict in the first place, right? I suspect that an individual like this feral guy, that maybe he's a little bit too confident and perhaps even emboldened in some of his actions and his choices because he was carrying a gun. Mm -hmm. And that's a dangerous place to be. If that's your mindset, if your gun emboldens you to do certain things, to go to certain places, uh, you know, that maybe you otherwise wouldn't or to get into confrontations that maybe you normal normally wouldn't, that's a sign that your mindset's not where it ought to be, in my opinion, all right? So think about that, all right? And I, I to me, that's, I, I don't know for a fact, I'm reading into this a little bit, but you know, that's something I see here. You have a man that's armed. Uh, maybe the other party doesn't know that necessarily, but this man continues to confront this man and to argue with him. And it lead, one thing leads to another, and next thing you know, he's just shot somebody dead. Probably didn't need to happen. All right? So it's food for thought. It's, mm-hmm. ca- it's a cautionary tell, tale for all of us to make sure that our mindset is right. That's a really important thing. Absolutely. Okay, out of St. Louis, Jefferson County specifically, their uh, armed thief shoots at homeowner in driveway, prompting warnings in that area. This is quite, you know, and by the way, there's surveillance video of this. Uh, so you can go and watch that. Of course, all the links of these various stories will be included in the published podcast uh the post in the show notes. And so if you want to go and review these and also watch, there's a lot of times we have video, of some of these things. So you can go watch this for yourself. Uh, this is, you know, a, you know, security camera that's mounted onto the home someplace. And so we're able to see what happens. Now, the story here is that around 1am on this particular day, the homeowner gets an alert. Okay, you know, like a lot of people have these doorbell cameras and all these different things now. And every time that something moves and the camera registers that and turns on, and then you get an alert, hey, you know, this camera is on, and you can go pull it up and, and review it, right? So this man sees a couple of individuals, or actually, I think it was one individual, mm-hmm. but there is a, a, like a getaway driver, obviously, because he, that comes to play here in a moment. But he sees someone trying to uh, break into his vehicle. Uh, and in fact, 
this incident is part of what the sheriff's office determined that is a was a string of thefts, probably committed by the same individuals uh, in this area. As they were kind of going around, feeling car door handles, you know, breaking in, stealing stuff, right? So this homeowner has a camera, gets notified that somebody's out there. He checks it. He sees somebody and goes out and he he yells at the man. He's you know the homeowner's armed. And he says, you picked the wrong bleep in the house, my man. I suggest you get on the bleep ground. And right at that moment, the suspect uh, makes a bird call, it says. It sounded like a bird call. Then fires three rounds from his own gun as a vehicle pulls up. He then gets inside and the car drives off. So the homeowner is successful in the sense that, okay, he prevented a crime from taking place. And he's successful in that he didn't get hurt, but this was a this was a near this is what I would call a near miss of death, because I don't think he knew what he was getting into. No, and I think again this is another example of someone that's probably a little bit overconfident in the fact that hey I've got my gun I'm going out there with my gun I'm going to stop this person from breaking into my car and before you know it three rounds are coming your way. And you're lucky you didn't catch one of those between the teeth. Yeah. And, and, you know, we've we've dedicated entire podcast episodes to this topic, right? And we cover it almost every – I mean, I would say almost every week we have like a what not to do. And, and a story like this where somebody goes out basically seeking conflict with somebody um, with, the, with the idea that because I'm armed, I'm going to be able to handle the situation – and, you know, when you said, you know, I think I, I, I'm guessing that this guy went out there and he was a little overconfident. It, I, I don't believe that speculation at all, because if you look at the last sentence, this guy gives us a, a statement and he says, I didn't expect to get shot at. So I'm just glad today that I'm alive. And I'm looking at that statement and I'm saying, why didn't you expect to get shot at? You're going out confronting somebody who is a criminal. You don't I, I, I mean. Yes, it, there's probably more car burglaries that occur with people that are not armed and not going to shoot at you than are. But why would you go out with a firearm to confront somebody not thinking that that was a deadly threat? If you if, if you didn't think that that was potentially a deadly threat or why would you bring your firearm? You're not going to use a firearm against a little kid who just you know, is pulling on your door handle. You're using it to, to protect yourself against a potential deadly threat. Well, why didn't you expect that person to do anything that would constitute a deadly threat, like shoot at you or pull a knife or pull, you know, whatever. And so this guy had the complete wrong mindset as he went out. And this is why I just think it's so important that we, you know, and it might be kicking a dead horse. It might be harping on it, but it's so important because this mindset is what gets people killed unnecessarily. I mean, you, you can't help being ambushed, right? You can't help just being caught off guard. Uh, it, it, it happens, right? But you can help this. And this guy almost died for nothing, for ze- absolutely nothing. And, it, you know, if one person's like, okay, I've heard it for the 16th time, the first 15, I was like, you guys are dumb. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll go out and no one's going to break into my car. But this time you kind of like, okay, you know, stop beating me up over it, hopefully, because I I wouldn't want to see this guy get killed or anybody else. Mm -hmm. Agreed. This is such a a recurring theme on the show. I'm sure sure some listeners are like, oh, yeah, we already know. Well, here's the thing. 
chances are somebody out there that you know that carries a gun or has a gun at home for defense maybe doesn't know like you know, like you understand about these sorts of things. Maybe doesn't have the right mindset. Maybe doesn't have enough training. Maybe doesn't have uh, or, or understand basic tactics, right? So share the podcast, okay? Share it with your friends and family. That's the whole point of us doing this 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 show like we do and talking about these stories is for more word to get out to more people, to inspire, to teach, to educate more people, to be responsibly armed Americans, to get training, to be prepared, and to to be able to success, successfully defend themselves without having to go through some massive legal aftermath. That's the point of doing the show. That's the point of talking about these stories. And, and so share the podcast, please. Help us get it out there, all right? Because I guarantee you, you probably know somebody that needs to hear what we're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, fox13memphis.com reports one shot after gunfire exchange between homeowner and suspects in, is this Eads, E-A-D-S, Tennessee, Shelby County, Tennessee, apparently, the sheriff's office there, searching for a suspect after an early morning shooting. Give us the, the rundown on this one, Matthew. Yes, I mean, similar to to the last story, this happens at four four in the morning. Uh, according to deputies, two men were trying to break into a car to home at the end of the cove when the homeowner heard them. He goes outside and a shootout happens between him and the suspects. Uh, homeowner wasn't injured, but did manage to hit one of the suspects, sending him to the hospital in non-critical condition. Second suspect is still outstanding. Um you know, the, the deputies find a, a stolen car nearby, so they assume that these guys came in the stolen car and were going to potentially either steal this car or maybe just break into it or, or whatnot. Um, but, you know, this is a story, another story, exact same, you know, thing that started. And, and you know, yes, this time it was two two arm, or two uh, uh, people that were, were there breaking into the car and now you know, he, he hits one, but what if the other person is armed? So it's just, yes, this, this story ends, uh, you know, in, in a, in a good way, right? Uh, homeowner doesn't, isn't injured, bad guys, you know, non-life threatening, they scoop them off and they'll catch the other guy, I'm sure. Um, but another example that, that this is what a lot of people think is like, I'm not going to let them break into my car. And you just don't know. I mean, these guys get into a shootout two times, both stories. Um, so just, I guess, just a word of word of caution, you know, uh, let the police get in the shootouts. That's what they get paid for, you know, stay in your home and, and you know, stay with your kids and be a dad and, or a husband or whatever for, you know, many years. Um, it's not worth yep. it. <laughs> it. I don't, I don't, well, okay, it's probably happened, but it seems like, Every episode where we cover justified saves, there's at least one of these stories. Mm -hmm. Noise or commotion outside the home. Homeowner goes out to investigate. Homeowner stumbles upon robbery, break-in, car theft, whatever. And most of the time, most of the time, is able to stop said crime from occurring. And in most cases, they're probably okay legally doing what they're doing. It's definitely iffy in some cases uh and depending on the jurisdiction might not be certainly is i mean we've definitely covered those stories where a homeowner goes out to stop a theft and fires shots at as far as they know is an unarmed individual that's making an escape shoots after them as they're driving off or running away 
and gets themselves into hot water, right? Uh, but the point is, here's the deal. You hear noise outside. You think somebody's breaking into a vehicle. Stay put. Call number one, all right? Uh, the point to having and carrying that gun is to defend life, okay? So if, if, we, if we, again, you know, stay in the context of what we call these stories, justified saves. I just talked about this recently. <clears throat> uh, was it last week? I don't remember. I feel like I was just explaining the whole point. Of, oh, I know. I was, I was on the, uh, speaking of which, I was on the Armed Citizens, what is, what is uh, Ghost Tactical's show? Sorry, Ghost. I know you're watching, or at least you were. Uh, Armed Citizens podcast, Armed Citizens. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't, I'm probably butchering the name. But I was on Ghost Tactical's show last week, live, last Tuesday evening, which was awesome. We had a great show. And I was explaining the whole definition of justified saves, right? Justified, meaning that it's within context of the law, right? And it's a save because lives are being saved. It's not saving property. It's not about saving your car. It's not about saving your your kid's bike or your TV, okay, or your PlayStation. It's about saving lives in a justified manner, okay? All right. On to a story. Okay, it's being a little slow to load. Uh, Michigan, Highland Park, Michigan. This is on WXYZ.com. And uh, an attempted robber, that's a, that's a weird phrasing, an attempted robber has been shot and killed. Okay. Anyway, it was a robber. <laughs> the dude was trying to rob the place. Uh, and he went inside what's called Woodward Bistro. Again, this was in Highland Park, Michigan. So maybe this was in some of our listeners' area. I don't know. And a man came into the restaurant intending to rob the business. Uh, I assume he was armed. It actually doesn't say – it doesn't really specify that the robber was armed. But typically when we have a business being robbed, there's some sort of weapon being used in the commission of that crime, right? Otherwise, why are they going to comply with, hey, <laughs> hey, man, give me money. You know, like, okay, right. get out of here, right? <laughs> so anyway, uh, so it's presumed that he's armed. Uh, he came in to rob the place in a concealed pistol license holster, or C holder. This is a CPL permit. Uh, this is Michigan. That's what they call them there. And uh, the it says that the business owner is the one that had the permit and was carrying a gun. He drew. He fired. He killed that robber. Yeah. And, and, you know, what's interesting in the story, and there's a little bit of twist in that this is nothing new, right? Like right. we could cover these stories all day long. Um, w there was a, uh, a waitress that was hit um, by some uh, gunfire, right? She was hit, I believe it was one time, and they initially thought it was the, uh, the suspect. Uh, after they figured it out, the suspect never fired his firearm. Um, but it, the 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 waitress was grazed by the uh, shop owner, the store, the restaurant owner, who uh, who actually was defending against this this you know attempted robber. Um, so you know it kind of goes into goes into the idea of you know yes, totally legal, totally justified to do this right, but like also understand your abilities and your training and and, and what the um you know what the possible downfalls are if you miss or if you don't put well-aimed shots on target because she was grazed she wasn't killed but imagine you know 
killing one of your employees. Um, you know, not to say he shouldn't have done what he did. I'm, I'm not second guessing that. I'm just saying um, it would have been it would have been rough for this guy, right? So, um, yep. So just something dude picked consider. the wrong place to rob that, that <laughs> yeah. day. So. Speaking of which, this is a total deviation. I said we need to stay on topic, but uh, did you hear about the robbery here in the Denver area, Matthew? Uh, it was a armed, uh, you know, truck. Uh, it was a, you know, it was a money truck. It was armed or <laughs> robbed just this last week. Crazy story, bro. Yeah, I did not hear that. So, uh, to my knowledge, they haven't caught him yet. But this was a well, like this is something like you've seen this 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 scene play out in dozens of cop shows and movies where clearly they knew where this armored truck was going to be when they were going to be there and that they would have money uh they uh several i think three or four individuals are involved in the commission of this crime they show up in a stolen vehicle that had stolen license plates on it so it was like double whammy right stolen vehicle stolen plates and they ambush the armored truck driver and or assistant or whatever, the guard. They, they, they ambush him as the doors open to the armored truck. They're able to make away with a bunch of cash. They drive a few blocks away in the stolen vehicle with the stolen plates, switch into what they think is probably another stolen vehicle, and make their getaway. Hmm. Crazy, dude. Yeah, sounds <laughs> I was like, I, oh, I mean, I was like, that was a, I mean, it's almost one of those things. It's like, bravo, like on actually being somewhat well organized because there's so many crimes that are, you know, you could tell there's just not a lot of thought into them. Like, I got my gun and I'm going to go rob this guy, you know, right. and they, you know, it doesn't go well or whatever. So anyway, too many movies. Yeah, no, I just, I was, I just kind of blown away by that. It just happened this last week here in the area. All right, Philadelphia, Philadelphia Inquirer. Uh, this is Inquirer, Inquirer, <laughs> Inquirer.com. Would-be armed robber shot, killed in West Philly by intended victim. This happened Sunday. This was actually this just this past Sunday in West Philly. Um, a robber approached a an individual, attempted to rob that, that person, the Suspect was identified as a black male, 25 to 30 years old. They were trying to rob this man sitting outside a home, and the alleged robber did not know that that individual he was trying to rob had a concealed carried a concealed carried gun and a license to do so. That individual drew his gun, fired a shot, and the robber collapsed a few feet away. Yeah, and you know what's pretty crazy about this story is this guy was sitting on his front porch or sitting out. Uh, yeah, he's just chilling out in front right so he's yeah. armed at his home right um now you know it's i don't know the the demographics or the the you know the crime uh statistics over there might be a very you know dangerous neighborhood but this dude's at home armed sitting out front and dude just decides okay i'm gonna walk up and rob this guy um but i love normally i hate like uh and, and you'll probably back me up i i the reporting on most of these stories is so horribly bad. Um, lack lack of detail, right, right. But I, I like some of the like the 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 definitions or the words this guy this uh, reporter uses. He's got, he says the investigators describe the hopeful thief, like it just so you know he, paint, he paints a picture of this guy. You know he's he's the attacker, and then you know the intended victim. Uh, you know turns the tables and now the hopeful thief is now the intended victim or the, the 
ultimate victim, which is which is awesome. Yeah. Um, now, now here's the frustrating part about stories like this, media, and even some collection of statistics with this kind of crap. Uh, so next paragraph down from you know you're talking or two paragraphs down from where it talks about the hopeful hopeful thief. Right. You know it's, it's, it mentions it's not going to release the dead man's name yet, but then says that he was at least the third person to die and the sixth injured as a result of gun violence in the city this weekend. Yes. So they're they're lumping this in with even though this is a completely as far as we can tell based on you know the relatively sparse facts that we have here but it seems pretty cut and dry i mean robber approaches man sitting in front of his home just chilling minding his own business tries to rob him man shoots him dead <laughs> and they go that's gun violence i mean right. yes technically <laughs> but to lump it in with criminal violence you know like the same kind of thing like because a lot of the gun violence that is reported on, that's tracked, that's statistically measured, is violent, you know, criminal activity. And it just, just, ah, it's frustrating to like, this is just more evidence of gun violence in the city over the weekend. But yet it was completely appropriate for this man to do what he did. You yeah. Know, and the, it, the defender. And, and this is why it's so hard sometimes to, to, I think for us, um, either side of the of the the argument on this right this gun violence argument to like get any sort of like uh common ground or, or understanding because if you say that this is gun violence okay if, if you lump this incident in with gun violence and then you tell me you want to end gun violence i'm not for it because i'm totally for this guy being able to use a firearm to protect himself against somebody who wants to to rob him or kill him right like if that's your definition of gun violence and a, 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 an innocent person sitting on their step or out in front of their home defending themselves with a firearm against somebody else who has a firearm and that's your definition of gun violence i'm not so sure that i want to end gun violence if that's your definition right but if your definition is like we want to end people using firearms illegally against other people yeah great like let, let let's go forward on that but it, it's this like this this wordsmith or this wordplay where they change the meanings of words or they they conflate two things and you just can't get on board with that i can't un I, I can't get with that you know so uh yeah i'm glad you yep. pointed that out because that was something as i was reading the story i couldn't remember which story it was and, and i'm glad you pointed that out because it, it it almost becomes um like second you know second nature when we hear gun violence gun violence and we start just plugging it into every story and, and it kind of just starts coming in on you and in your psyche, right? Like, Oh, another story of gun violence. No, this is not a story of gun violence. I mean, it is a guy used the gun, but you know, this is actually a good story and, and, and a story that promotes responsibly armed citizens. Yep. So absolutely. You know, and, and, and in the same sentence as it refers to this gun violence, it links to another article on inquirer.com that then highlights how a 14-year-old boy was shot multiple times in Philly and a 23-year-old man was killed Sunday afternoon. You know, so it, it, it's just uh, very misleading in that regard. Anyway. Yeah. All right. On to 6abc.com. Off-duty Philly officer opens fire after teens with gun make threat. 
Boy, this is kind of an intense story here. Why don't you uh, tell us about this one, Matthew? Yeah, so off-duty officer uh, uh, is reaches his home. He's parking his truck. Doesn't say if he's in in uh, uniform or, or whatnot, um, or if he was targeted because he was a police officer. Doesn't really say. We don't know. It could be, could be not. But um, it happens at 2.30 in the morning. Uh, off-duty officer is parking his truck as he's – he. Uh, puts his truck in park and a 17 year old boy taps on the driver's side window with a firearm with a gun and a second 17 year old boy uh, who apparently did not have a gun approaches on the passenger side, tells him to get out or he's going to kill him. Um, so, uh, you know, at this point, you know, they're using 17 year old boy, but it, the age in the boy doesn't really matter. Right. Like these are armed, yep. able-bodied humans. Right. Um, and so the officer pulls out his firearm and fires one shot. He doesn't hit either, you know, the, the one suspect that is up on the driver's side, um, uh, misses him. It go the, the round doesn't travel far. It goes into a a parked car and they, they run off the two suspects. They're outstanding. They don't uh, catch them or anything. Um, uh, actually, no, I'm sorry. Um, they were able to flee, but they, um, they were later uh, taken into custody after a foot pursuit, and they got both of both of the uh, these seventeen year old kids who undoubtedly, if they would have been shot, would have been teen shot by you know off duty police officer um, rather than you know armed criminal tries to carjack you know mm-hmm. uh, you know off duty officer. Um, it, yeah. it was interesting as I was reading this story because. I, I was I was actually carjacked when I was I was uh, 19 years old, and this is exactly what happened. I mean, I, I, there were three, but exactly. I mean, taps on the window, other dudes on the other side, and other guys walking up in the front. Hey, get out, or we're going to kill you. And so I was putting myself in that situation. It put me right back there, and I was mm-hmm. I, I was just thinking exactly. Um, I didn't have a firearm. I wasn't I wasn't a concealed carrier at the time. I didn't even you know, have guns or anything like that at the time. Um, but thank God that this dude had, had his firearm because, uh, who knows what these kids do. And, and, and sometimes it's, it's, it's easy to say, well, they were 17 year old kids, you know, they're not, I, I, I will, I will throw a little wrinkle to the 17 year old kid is not as dangerous as the, you know, 30 year old convict, a 17 year old kid. Sometimes they don't really know exactly what their actions can produce right and so they where maybe somebody who's older or convict is like man if i pull this trigger you know and kill this guy or something i I might be charged with murder a 17 year old kid just doesn't doesn't really grasp it at that point right and so sometimes a younger criminal is sometimes a little bit more dangerous than a a, than an older more you know you your seasoned parolee or something like that so Mm -hmm. um just something to think about by the way, I find it curious that uh, this happened the same weekend as the, the previous story we just covered, talking about the gun violence thing. This is also in Philly, so uh, but curiously, they didn't mention anything about this being gun violence. You know, it's an off-duty cop, so maybe it makes it different. Mm. <laughs> uh, you know, so the thing I kind of latched onto with this story, Matthew is the reference here uh, about two-thirds of the way down the article. It talks about how the officer fired several times and didn't hit the suspects in any of those shots. And, and you noted how a bullet went through a van parked across the street. So, yeah, you know, it's just like a reminder that we need to be accountable for our rounds that we fire. 
uh, obviously this officer is in a pretty scary situation and I'm sure he's doing the best he could, but he still failed in that he fired rounds and they didn't strike what he intended to strike. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that could have resulted in tragedy had an innocent individual, perhaps even a child had been struck or injured or killed. So yeah, you know, he's fortunate in that regard for sure. So just be, you know, be thinking about that, what it means to be accountable for the rounds you fire. Mm-hmm. In Tulsa, Oklahoma, just this last Friday, I think it was Friday, maybe it was Thursday, the story's on Friday. Family of man killed by Tulsa construction worker shares his story. So this is <laughs> the news article itself's kind of strange a little bit because it's all you know it's a lot of uh news media does this sort of thing where maybe they initially report on a particular thing but then they end up go talk to the suspect's family and of course the suspect's family has nothing but you know good to say in most cases about you know well uncle eddie and that's the funny thing in this story that the man that's killed or not, not killed, but shot and seriously wounded, by the way. Uh, he is the one that was trying to hurt somebody else, right? So I'll get to that. But they, throughout the story, they refer to him as Uncle Eddie, you know, and wow, we just don't know why Uncle Eddie was doing this. This is just not like Uncle Eddie, but it doesn't really matter, right? So a construction worker said he apparently he was in his vehicle, he was in, a, in his construction, in his work truck, and Uncle Eddie, just for whatever reason, it says out of nowhere, he grabbed a piece of rebar and started attacking the truck. And this construction worker grabbed his gun and shot Uncle Eddie. Uh, and Uncle Eddie has had to have surgery. And then they also discovered another curious thing about this article is they discovered he has throat cancer. So <laughs> just kind of some weird detail. So put that all aside. Uncle Eddie grabs rebar. I can't help but refer to him as Uncle Eddie. Grabs <laughs> rebar, starts hitting, striking this truck. And and a party might be like, well, okay, like, you know, this dude's inside his truck. But, you know, is this this a justified use of force? And I would say absolutely it could be, right? Because rebar is steel. It's usually fairly sharp on one end. Like, you could impale somebody pretty easily with a chunk of rebar, all right? And I think it's totally plausible that you could thrust that rebar through say the side window of this truck and seriously injure the this construction worker that's sitting inside that so in my mind there's no question whatsoever that this is a justified use of force so this worker grabs his gun fires at uncle eddie wounds uncle eddie stops the attack bravo situation over but then we find out uncle eddie's got throat cancer so yeah. everybody pray for Uncle Eddie. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, in this, and here's a, here's the problem. Like, you know, people that commit crimes do have families, and sometimes those people. And I'm not I'm not defending people that are trying to victimize other people. In this case, um, this guy, from what the backstory is on this guy, he did have some sort of uh, mental issues that were pre uh, very very uh recent prior to this attack right he he went in and 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 went into like a a, a, that says that he tried to break into a restaurant then they took him to the hospital and he left the hospital and and then the the family files a missing persons on uncle eddie and they can't find him and then he you know they find him only after he's been shot because he tried to 
attack this this dude in the car or, the, or in the truck or the truck itself. Um, but, you know, and it, it's hard sometimes to read the, 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 the fam, you know, the families who are not criminals. Right. And they sit and, and so they say, I don't feel he went to harm that man in the truck. Robbie said, talking about his uncle Eddie, I think he was cold, hungry, a little delusional and looking to get warm or find a way back home. Yeah, he might have been, but normal people don't do that with a piece of rebar smashing into the <laughs> into a truck, right? Like if they're trying to get warm or find a way back home, there's other ways of doing it. So I, I think he definitely had some sort of mental issue that was going on, um, maybe substance abuse or something like that. Not, I'm not, you know, saying that that that's not in the story. I'm just saying he he obviously had some some sort of issue that caused him to do that. But you know, just because he doesn't have a history of violence or anything. The fact right. that he's acting delusional or doing things like that kind of bolsters this guy's fact, this guy's case that, hey, I, I mean, this guy was out of control, like in uh, very, un, you know, uh, wasn't wasn't acting rational. So, yep. Well, and, and that's the thing here, like the, this guy in his inside his work truck, he has no idea. He doesn't know the backstory. He doesn't know who this guy is, maybe, right. you know, so like it, it, it's really irrelevant. That's why I am. I'm I'm humored by this story, you know, because uh, it's a weird way of kind of telling everything. But uh, anyway, poor Uncle Eddie. I hope he gets some help. Uh, seriously, I, I do think there's probably something mentally off with him, and, and uh, I, I do actually hope he gets some help. And For sure. fortunately, you know, construction worker dude's able to to defend himself successfully. That's a win. Uncle Eddie doesn't die. Actually, I'd say that's a win. You know what? I know that there's a lot of times that we kind of probably feel relieved and people probably even joke about or people actually say, yeah, I hope that robber dies, you know, like, like, you know, he deserves to die, you know, pointing a gun in this innocent person's face and they shot him, like, you know, like, I don't want necessarily anybody to die. And that shouldn't be, again, talk about mindset and the importance of where our, where our mindset is at. Like, we shouldn't desire for anybody to die. Okay, and I, I understand what people are kind of saying and what they're getting at. Like, I, I can kind of relate to that a little bit. I mean, there's there's definitely really bad, terrible people out there. And yeah, on the one hand, you're like, uh, you know, I, we don't need someone like that in this world. Like, they should, you know, like I, I I I get it. Okay, but we shouldn't be wanting anybody to die. Uh, and I'd be really cautious about things you post online as it relates to that too. Okay. Guarantee you that kind of stuff will get reviewed by a prosecuting attorney. If, if, if something that you did is even remotely questionable. Okay. And in fact, some statements like that could actually maybe be the, the deciding factor is, is maybe a prosecutor is looking at something that is pretty clearly justified self-defense, but then they start doing some digging on you and find some, questionable statement that you said about something, you know, about a criminal and how they, you know, shouldn't be allowed to get away with a crime and that they should get shot and die and stuff. Maybe they go, hmm, that's curious. Maybe this guy was really looking to pick a fight. Maybe he was looking to use that gun. Maybe he had intent beforehand to shoot somebody, you know, and take some vigilante justice into his own hands sort of thing, you know? So be careful with that kind of attitude. And the mindset's just the wrong mindset. So that's my point is like, win for the construction worker, win for Uncle Eddie that he didn't die. Like, that, that's fortunate. And now I hope he actually is able to get some help. Okay? That's only fair to say, I think. For sure. 
Final story, latimes.com. This is kind of remarkable, Matthew. The headline sounds, again, it almost sounds like, uh, I was talking about this armored truck robbery here in the Denver area. (laughs) Like, this also sounds like something you'd expect to find in the next episode of, I don't know, (laughs) The Rookie or something on uh, what whatever channel that's on. I don't know. I just see advertisements for it. Anyway, Armenian gang extortion attempt led to gunfire at North Hollywood Market, police say. Okay, so let me set the stage. You have this this store. It's called the Royal Fresh Market, all right? And the owner of the store is Armenian. And then you have Armenian gang members that show up, and it, it's pretty apparent. It doesn't say this, but this was protection money, plain and simple. Like mm-hmm. these these dudes, they're in the neighborhood, and they're like, come on, pay up. Right, you know, like we'll protect you, but you got to pay the tax, you know. And so they're trying to get a hundred thousand dollars out of this business owner. And let's just say that this business owner decided he'd had enough. So the, it says the market's owner had two weapons, <laughs> and he and gang members exchanged dozens of rounds that struck several cars and left the parking lot littered with spent. <laughs> casings like i said this is like out of a tv show right i mean gang members showing up pay us the protection money buddy and store owner says "Uh uh-uh had enough bang 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 and you have a full-on like this is like a shootout between a gang and the store owner nobody was injured at least that was reported crazy says that the store owner had a long gun and an automatic handgun (laughs) semi-automatic right uh so yeah what what's your analysis on this as well i just kind of give some of the background but no no, no. i mean there's not much (laughs) my obviously he knew or the the uh the shop owner is like okay we're getting extorted by a by a dangerous gang right and uh i'm not going to not be armed And so he's able to defend himself. And I think that this is not because, you know, I I mean, uh, Mark says in in the comments, he lives like a mile away from here. Um, Most people probably listening or in the aren't like like Mark living a mile away from this specific place. So they're like, oh, you know, big deal. Um, I'm not near any Armenian gangs or anything like that. But this is a is kind of like an example of what can happen when. You know, if armed citizens are not or, or, or citizens are not able to arm themselves, but criminals are, um, you know, then it, the balance of, of power switches way over onto the criminal side. And this Armenian shop owner has no no choice other than to pay extortion money or lose his business or, you know, yeah. be shot up on the side of, you know, and he's trying to make a living. And so I think sometimes, you know, we can overlook the the. The immense importance of of citizens being able to be armed, not just you know in their home, and you know it's been affirmed as as a right to protect yourself and 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 that, but also at your place of business and to and from and in in your normal life, you know, because um, this is this is I mean this is pretty serious, right? Like these dudes weren't playing around, and um, 
it's just, it's remarkable to yeah. me. And you don't really see these stories that often, right? Like, um, it's kind of like an old gang gang movie or something like that, but, um, this stuff happens, right? And to be able to thank God that this guy was able to, to defend himself now, who knows what's going to happen in the future, right? Like, is this going to escalate the situation? Possibly. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, that was what I was thinking about. Like th- this, I'd be really worried about that guy. Mm-hmm. I'd be, yeah. I, I am worried about him like that. I guarantee you those, those ga- gang members are probably going to want to somehow get back at him. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it, dicey. Yeah. But you know, yep. now they know he's armed. <laughs> so it may sounds, think a little different. Yeah. It sounds like this could be the next plot line for uh, John wick four. So <laughs> anyway, Wow. So that brings us to the end of our many awesome educational, many of these, man, a lot of lessons to be learned from this stuff. Uh, new stories, justified safe stories. I hope that you enjoyed listening to these and that you got something out of it. I mean, that that last story probably doesn't apply to a lot of people as far as I'm probably not going to find myself being extorted by gang members anytime soon. But just think about, I mean, what I think about is is it's no different than any other self-defense situation where you got likely multiple attackers and you got to defend against them and you're one man with one gun. In this case, this guy had two guns apparently, but mm-hmm. still most people are going to have one gun and maybe multiple attackers and occasionally gun gunfights can become prolonged. So, you know, that's one of the, this is one of the reasons why I like to carry a gun with at least 10 rounds. 10 rounds is kind of like my minimum where I start to kind of feel somewhat comfortable because most of the time that's going to solve your problem. 15 rounds feels a little bit better, okay? There's a lot of times you know, I've been carrying the XL, the Springfield uh, or not Springfield cheese, SIG. <laughs> I also have the Springfield, the Hellcat I'm 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 working on doing a review on. Uh, which is also a pretty remarkable gun, you know, 11 round standard magazine, 13 round expanded magazine, the SIG P365XL I've been carrying a lot lately, 12 round standard capacity. A lot of times I'll have that spare 15 rounder with me as well, you know. So anyway, I just use this story as another one of those things. It's like sometimes people are in prolonged fights, sometimes with multiple attackers, not common, not that frequent, but it can happen. So, I don't know. Some people are comfortable with a five-shot revolver. Yeah, okay. And there's there's probably times where in context where that's fine. All right, but uh, for me, I like to I like to have 10, 10 rounds or so. All right. Today's episode was made possible, brought to you by CCW Safe. Again, we encourage you to check out CCW Safe at ccwsafe.com. I'm a member. I hope you will be too. If you're looking for self-defense coverage, check them out. See what they have to offer. You can also compare all these other various self-defense coverages at concealedcarry.com forward slash insurance. And again, today's episode brought to you by the Law of Self-Defense. Thank you very much, Law of Self-Defense, for this awesome mug. (laughs) And also, by the way, Andrew has a really great uh, video. Uh, I think it's not not available for free, but... I think it's available online streaming and also as a DVD that is he compares these uh, different self-defense coverages. 
uh, really, really informative uh, video that Andrew Branca put together. And this is from an attorney that is the creator of the law of self-defense. And so he, he really understands uh, these types of cases. Uh, so anyway, check them out. Uh, appreciate uh, law of self-defense and CCW safe. So with that, it's time to wrap it up. And, oh, wait, no, it's not time to wrap it up. we got to do a giveaway. <laughs> <laughs> what was I thinking? So, Matthew, uh, we've got to pick a winner of – what do we got here? What's our prize this week? Quick draw, wasn't it? I believe so. I'm getting logged in there. I totally spaced it. So, no, excuse me. We are giving away one of these. It's a tactical pen. Oh, that's with right. With the concealedcarry.com logo. All right. So tactical pen, pretty cool. It's a pretty beefy pen. It's got a glass breaker on one end. Uh, but, it, I mean, this is definitely something that could be effective as a striking device or even a stabbing implement if you needed it to be. So cool little concealedcarry.com tactical pen. So let's pick one of our lucky winners right now. Here we go. In three, two, one. Evan is his name, and he did not put in a last name. So I have no idea who it, it This could be anybody for all we know. <laughs> anybody with the name of Evan. Uh, so actually, I do have an email address here. It will be in contact with Evan. So congrats to Evan on being the lucky winner of this great tactical pen. So there you go. Folks, don't forget to sign up for the weekly giveaway at concealedcarry.com forward slash podcast prize. What is our next giveaway? Matthew, you just put this together today, didn't you? Yeah, it's the Tacware T350 uh, light. Awesome. Tactical flashlight. Yeah, it's a great little tactical light, compact sure. size. It's pretty bright. I like, though, that excuse me, it has this dial that you can change mm -hmm. from high to medium or low. And then I think the third position is strobe. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. So it's got the it, and that dial is super cool because what I what I appreciate about it is I don't have to like tap through things like one tap means this, two taps means this, three <laughs> taps means I get a strobe. You know, four taps plus a long hole does you know like <laughs> right, right, right. It's you so just confusing. I want one, I want two, I want three. You know, and I I believe the number one is the you know brightest setting, and two is a low lower setting. You know, kind of like an admin type light, and three is strobe. So. Dial to what you want, hit the button, away you go. I appreciate that in in a flashlight having, you know, because sometimes, I mean, one of the things we talk about with tactical lights is uh, kind of like a negligent discharge with a light. You know what I mean, Matthew? Right. Where right. you're in a tactical situation and you don't want to necessarily give away with this big, bright, blinding light, uh, but you need a little bit of light for some sort of administrative type task, you know, that's the sort of thing you want to try to avoid that, oh, I just need a little light so I can do this one little thing before I, you know, and it's probably a little bit more applicable to a lot of law enforcement work, but still I appreciate, you know, knowing exactly what setting I'm on and getting the light that I want. So we're going to give away a TW350 Tacware light, so make sure you sign up at concealedcarry.com forward slash podcast prize guys thanks for listening and for being a part of this episode we will catch you next time a reminder to train right train often and train safe so you can fight hard fight fast and fight true take care
reminder that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand applicable laws. The Concealed Carry Podcast, Concealed Carry Inc., ConcealedCarry.com, and their affiliates strive to share insights and stories about firearm-related incidents and laws, but things could be different where you live or laws may have changed by the time you listen to this. We cannot be held liable for your actions based on the information shared in this podcast.